Hello again. Hello. We're back. <laughs> Don't mind me. Got to get yourself sorted. You are in shambles this morning. I am in absolute shambles. The, <laughs> this whole week has been shambles. Like I've, I didn't sleep for forty eight hours. Like actually, yeah. Didn't what, sleep. what was that about? <laughs> let's, let's cover that because if, if this is going to be something that continues, I think we, we are going to have to do a sleep episode so that we can brush up yeah. on, on just the basics of sleep hygiene, the things that you need to survive. But tell, tell what was that about? <laughs> Considering the the last episode we had on rest, yeah, um, no, it's it won't happen again. I don't think. Hopefully, but I had on Tuesday. I had to get up at five thirty a.m. I had a personal training client at six. Then I went straight to placement. Had a full day of clients till four. Trained, and then I had to go to um the athletics finals five till nine that was great got home quickly made food for the next day because I had to be up at 4 30 a.m to go to the rowing training at 5 a.m till 8 and then I had back-to-back clients um from 8 30 a.m till 1 and then I had to do all my notes and stuff so but during the time from athletics to rowing I just could not go to sleep I was in bed I got in bed by like 10 o'clock and I was ready I had a shower made my food, I was organized, had the clothes out for tomorrow morning. I my mind just could not stop. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. I tried <laughs> breathing technique. I tried mindfulness. I tried watching like a funny light like Netflix show. Um my eyes were tired, but my brain just could not stop. And obviously you anticipate waking up early, each hour goes by, you're like it's not happening. I took like I had to do melatonin. I did everything I could. Oh, and then no. at that point I was like, Do you know what? I'm not getting sleep. I accept it. We'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. Uh steer, steer into the skin. I woke up uh four thirty AM and I was full of adrenaline because I knew I'd like I was wide awake. I was like, Thank God I have something to get up for because I would not sleep anyway. And then by the time the day was over. I was seeing stars. <laughs> I was delusional. I was like, yeah, it was it was not good. So I had a little nap and then came alive and started studying. Well, that and just then, sounds yeah. so horrid. And I woke up at 5.30 <laughs> today for a client. So, yeah. That's, um, yeah. Read shambles, but it's okay. Like um, tomorrow after placement, I'm just going to chill out, get early night, weekend, chill, study. And that's the plan. <laughs> Good idea. Well, uh, on the on the back of on the back of the rest thing from last week, I I have a bit of an update. So oh, I went God. I went to the doc, which I never do. I hate going to the doctors. So I uh, went to the doc, and um, turns out I've probably not properly fought off a virus that I went to see him about in May. So I thought I had COVID back in May. I had some like really horrible flu thing that smashed me for like two weeks. Went to see him then and we thought it was like an asthma thing that was coming up with like the cold weather yeah. and stuff. So put me back on that and it was like, yeah, you should be sweet after this. And I just kind of like kept going, taking this taking this asthma medication and it wasn't really doing a whole lot. Anyway, and then I've, mm-hmm. like, I felt fairly ordinary for months, but I thought oh, I was just winter and, you know, just being, yeah, getting older. <laughs> I went and he's, and it was basically like, Shit, you probably actually didn't get over that thing that you had last time. So here's a prescription for antibiotics 
and I want oh. you to do a seven day course instead of five. He'd put the stethoscope on my back twice, in, only in two spots. And I breathe, and he was like, Yeah. And I pulled my thing down. And he was like, Yeah, you got a sinus infection for yeah. sure. I was like, Yeah, great. That's awesome. So oh, I'm so sorry. That's so. Crap. That's all right. It's so, so, you know, it's what happens. But um, lesson, go, like... lesson, go to the frigging doctor yeah. if you don't think things are things are right. <laughs> but like, it yeah. also like just shows how you know those those infections do affect your mental health as well. So it's not just like the physical side of things; it's also the mental side, and all it's all connected at the end of the day. It is. Yep. So there's my there's my one piece of advice from today. If you're not feeling crash or just go to the freaking doctor. And also get some sleep. <laughs> and that too. <laughs> Stop adding more and more onto your plate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take something that off. That one's for me. Yep. But today's well, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad it's getting sorted. That's the main yeah, thing. Yeah, well, it will be once yeah. Once I get through it all. But yeah, thankfully. And it's nice, you know, the sun's out, that's helping. It's warming up. Yeah. So I'll we'll have to lose that. the hoodie soon. They'll be disappointed about. I've basically lived in this thing for a I've got two of them, just so you know. So I've always got a clean one on rotation. I want people to see me be like, he, he doesn't wear anything other than that hoodie. It's all right, I've got a couple of them. So <laughs> just just to be clear on that I one. I, I know I wasn't thinking that, but thank you for the clarification. <laughs> now now everyone is. Yeah, brilliant. My bad. <laughs> no, that's what I'll be focused on. <laughs> Gross. No, but today we are talking about something a bit juicy, potentially. or Potentially. I wouldn't say controversial because it's not going to be advocating for any of these things. It's more going to be information on how it affects your system. But we're going to talk about alcohol and drugs and addiction, a little bit of gambling stuff because it's all sort of intertwined on the same networks and, and that sort of thing. So we're going, to, we're going to talk a little bit about that. So how would you like to start us all off with understanding how all this stuff works slash puts us in a big hole every now and then? Makes us feel really good, makes us feel really crap on the other side, all of that. Okay, you drink, you do drugs, whatever you do, why do you feel so good during? Why does it feel amazing? And then why do you crash the next day? So dopamine, which I'm assuming most people have heard of at this point, but the the neurotransmitter, neurochemical, that will make you feel really good. It's it's the It's the main reward one, right? So the reward circuit in your brain releases dopamine to reestablish that pattern of behavior. So it's like, that was really good. Do that again. Certain substances will release a ton of that stuff. Make you feel really good. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in certain people, that reinforces that behavior. I was like, oh, yeah, that was really good. Let's do that again. But then the problem is the more you do that, the longer you do it, the more you actually need of the substance to get the same effect. Yeah. And then the whole thing gets worse and worse and worse. But essentially, it's just a massive influx of really feel-good feel good chemicals and hormones. Something like mm -hmm. alcohol at the same time will depress any sort of anxiety that might be there as well. So if you're feeling quite anxious, alcohol is really good at taking the edge off of the anxiety, helping you feel relaxed because yeah. it will literally help like put your body into a state of relaxation. Then yeah, because it's a, a depressant and that means it will slow yes. down your nervous system. Yep. So... But then obviously too too much quantity in one sitting mm -hmm. is when the detrimental stuff comes in. So, you know, the loss of coordination and the slurring of the words and all that sort of stuff because you're essentially in that space where it's just so, 
so relaxed that your body just basically stops working, right? And everyone, everyone listening would know like they've either been there themselves or they've seen a friend in that space or, you know, they've been out the pub and seen someone like that where they just like, can't stand and they're slurring their words and all the rest of that. <laughs> you're going too far. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to have, you're going to have a filthy one the next morning. But filthy. essentially what happens after that is so hangover will kick in and that's, that's dehydration. So all of the water that was in your cells is essentially sucked out to try to flush the alcohol out of your system. So I actually read some research a while back that was saying that drinking water when you're drinking supposedly doesn't actually have that that much of a positive effect on you because your body will try to f- suck all the water out anyway to flush the alcohol out of your system. So which yeah. I was like, yeah, but are these it's, researchers ever actually that's... had a big night on on the drinks? Because I find that if you're going to have some water, you're definitely coming out better the next morning. So I love that your research says that. Yeah, that's also why you crave salty food because because you're drinking so much water and um, so your three electrolytes are magnesium, sodium and potassium. So when you're drinking, you're dehydrating yourself and yes, you're drinking water, but without sodium, anything like that, it's not going to bind. So your body's just flushing it out as well. So then at the end of the night, you want, HSP, Maccas, you want like the dirtiest <laughs> ever. <laughs> yep. Um, because you're so dehydrated and you're lacking all those um <laughs> minerals. Well, yeah, because this so as as the system gets flushed, it flushes everything out. So all the good stuff as well. If it's, it can't yeah. just self-select just alcohol and then we'll filtrate that and then you're just gonna expel that. It's like <laughs> We're just going to expel everything. So you lose all the good stuff too. So yeah, hence the dehydration part. But the next go go the next the next morning is not fun for a lot of people. And why? No. Well, I mean, that's when you as you just say, like your body's flushing out the alcohol or drugs, whatever. Um, and that's why you wake up with a really high heart rate because your body's trying to pump it out. <laughs> and that also is what causes the kind of anxiety feeling too and the feeling of grossness but with the whole dopamine you have this massive high and then in the morning your body's trying to trying to adjust for that and replenish your dopamine and that's where the big crush comes from yeah so i've heard a couple of different theories on this the first one is that yeah it's exactly that it's trying to replenish what was lost essentially in whatever you're doing the night before the other one is the system actually doesn't do anything at all because there was an oversupply. It, it's like, it's like it switches it off to try mm. to actually rebuild what it needs to before it starts to kind of send it around. So either way, mm. you're going to, you're going to have that sort of like post drinking anxiety where the system is a bit like, woof, what the hell have you done? And then it will try to establish some level of, of normality and baseline again. And depending on how much, yeah, like, you know, people would know, like, you can have a two or three day, especially if you're a bit older as well. A two day hangover is not that uncommon, um, depending on how old you are and how hard you went. So, things to be careful of. <laughs> I know the anxiety we call it these days. Anxiety. Yeah, it's no good. So, it'd be like, don't, <laughs> but, don't plan on having a huge day. Uh, I would say two days after, because two days after is like, that's where that's where things like are starting to kind of rebuild, and you don't feel that shit the, like two days after. 
not like you would if with the standard hangover. But then the two days after, there's like the system is starting to kind of put itself back together again. But it's yeah. like we're just classic, right? Let's do all the things. It's two days after. I should be so fine. I used to do this when I was 18 and I'll just bounce back and do all the things. And I was like, yeah. just go easy, right? If you've if you've accidentally uh, overcooked it, then yeah, pump the brakes <laughs> a bit. <right>? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, with the whole dopamine thing as well, it's like your your mind keeps tricking yourself to get into those habits as well. So as soon as you start feeling better and I guess everything's replenished, then you're like, oh my god, I'm ready to do it again. Yeah, <laughs> and you get excited. You know, you go out with your friends and you have some fun and then the cycle proceeds. Well, if you, so I, I read, um, I read some stuff on, this is a few years back, we were doing a, a unit on, on alcohol and, and substances and I read some stuff on MDMA and it was saying that you can have up to a 900% increase in, in dopamine after taking MDMA. It's like 900%, mm. that is that's nuts. It's no wonder people take that and feel and feel so good because they're like, yeah, cool. Everything's great. So you can imagine the spike and feeling so good. What, what, what is that crash going to be like on the other side? Like that is, Mm -hmm. that's horrible. I used to work with a guy who he was into extracurricular activities and um, he, he lived with a bunch of housemates and they Tuesdays in their house, they called it suicide Tuesdays because they would all be in the biggest hole that they had to like keep an eye on each other. I was like, you know yeah. what you could do? That, not that. That is not uncommon. Oh, so no. if people went out on Saturday, I've heard this quite regularly. So they go out the Saturday, yeah, suicide Tuesdays. That was the worst day mentally. Yeah. Not physically, mentally. That was when it was like feelings of depression, anxiety, couldn't get up out of bed, lack of focus, brain fog, like all that stuff. Um, and then once you got through that, you were better, um, but Thursdays was the days that you felt normal again. So, oh, yeah. yeah, and then Friday rolls around. And it's like, <laughs> let's do that again. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, and it begins again. I yep. mean, all these are cycles. Like, obviously, you have fun as um, in a social aspect, but then when does it go further than that? I guess, and that's kind of like the difficult part to separate because. Some people get stuck uh, when, you know, you get older and maybe you have more responsibilities and you're over that. But there's those, those some of the people that just get stuck and don't know yeah. how to get out of it. And that's the scary part because it and just started as fun first. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's also, um, there is also quite quite a heavy sort of genetic and environmental component to it as well. Mm-hmm. So there is a bit of that genetic stuff that would indicate that you're more likely or predisposed to being attracted to that sort of thing um, and being easily sort of influenced by it. But it's also a little bit like what you grew up around. So like I've, I've had clients come in who grew up around both parents drinking like a lot. And so for them having half a dozen drinks every single night, they're like, like, that's, that's just normal. Like, what do you, what do you mean? And then you tell them that the recommended amount, is no more than 10 standard drinks in a week. A week. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you, you're getting pretty close to that every single night, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. shit, that's, you know, that's that's a lot. And it's a bit, it's like it's a bit sort of confronting for them. Of but 
it's a yeah it's it's a difficult space it's quite complex as well it's the same thing like with gambling right similar sort of thing gambling is is it's very uh what do we call it insidious because it's not like a physical thing like you're not hurting yourself physically mm. like you are with like substances people don't really understand it as much and there's a lot more stigma around it so it is shown that a lot of gamblers like it doesn't just the addiction itself doesn't start off as like just a social thing at times it, it does come deeper than that there is a lot of trauma that comes with addiction in general but also like with gambling and these people are struggling because they can't even manage their own financial situation because as soon as they get paid they can't control themselves enough to not spend it on whatever they're gambling on and if you've watched um addicted australia my work actually did that all right um yeah and it talks about heroin heroin addiction alcohol addiction and gambling addiction and it goes in quite depth behind like why they have the addiction and how they don't look like addicts they're like highly functioning individuals in the society so it's not yeah like was was this the show have, that was a bit like, like you can't ask that yeah it's yeah. it's it's on SPS and there's like four four episodes and so I work for Turning Point which is a addiction and mental health uh center treatment center education center and our main goal is to treat the cause of it through their trauma so we don't put a band-aid on top of it we get to the root cause of things because it all comes from somewhere. Mm. And gambling is a really tricky one because uh, with Sportsbet or like, you know, those apps that are so easy to do, a lot of 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds are gambling with their mates and you're not realising the impact that it does. But it's highly addictive and you're, you're getting that little dopamine reward over and over again. And even if you're losing, your brain still... Is like, oh, the next one I will win, <laughs> you know, and you keep risking it. And then that causes issues. And I've worked with clients and they're quite young too, which is really sad and with their families as well. And thankfully, Turning Point has a service for that called Gambler's Help in which there's highly trained people in the gambling addiction environment, which is good. But whenever you call them and stuff, it's just... You can tell they already feel judged and scared and stigmatized because it's like even when I said I worked for the for gamblers help people were just like what gambling how do you even what do you mean <laughs> like that's fine it's right yeah it's not you're not causing harm to yourself like you're not physically harming and I'm like well there's actually a lot of shame that comes with gambling and especially for those individuals yeah um, and I would have thought it's so destructive like environmentally you're not not you know trees and sky and air or whatever else but like yeah your own environment your bank account your house your relationships the whole thing it's so destructive in that sense yeah there's a lot of like um partners and stuff that i've spoken to where their husbands have a secret account that they gamble from and there's like huge risks of them losing their house and it's not an easy uh, addiction to have for them or the people around them you know, because mm. they don't want to be this way as well. You know, those the people that really want help. And you see the struggle in the partners and the families. 
and they have kids too and it's like every time they go past the TAB they like feel the need or the urge to stop like they can't control it and it's the exact same things that happen in your brain with other substances with gambling yeah it's that it's that reward circuit we mentioned at the start so it's I my understanding of it from from what I've read and and looked into is that the reward circuit is sort of the dangerous part because it's the expectation of the reward. It's not actually the reward itself. So it's like it's like the brain kind of knows like just before the reward comes. But the way that the people design things, I compared this to to video games. I was talking to a, a young client yesterday and we were talking about video games and how their, their video game use has increased massively. And we started talking about why that might be. And I was like, it's just fun. And we unpacked each little individual aspect of the game. And it was like, yeah, but that little like clinking sound that sounds like money when you do something, that's your brain being like, yay, good. Let's do more of that, right? Or the anticipatory yeah. reward at the other end. You, you almost get there and then it cuts you off. And it's like, oh man, I got to, I tr- I'll try that again. And it just reinforces this loop. All that stuff is all tied into to the same the same sort of thing. So a hundred percent. And you're like, this time I'm going to get it. And you do like little statistics. <laughs> yeah. And yep. you know, there's people with good at maths and stuff, probability. And you just keep hitting that button. Cause you know, at some point you're going to win. You just don't know when. And that's half of the excitement too. Yeah. And you're like, I'll just put a little bit. I'll just put a little bit. I'll just put a little bit. Not good. So we're, what we might do is we'll put, we'll put some info in the show notes just for some services and stuff for people to contact if they need to, um, or if they have a family member or something that could probably benefit from it as well. Yeah, and there is like family interventions as well uh, and a lot of information out there, especially on the Turning Point website. Uh, there's other services too, of course, which I can provide with, but if you feel like you want to, I guess, I can only speak from from the service that I work for, but they really do... Uh, treat the root cause of it and go in deep so and there's lots of like peer support um, group sessions too so yeah you can find people that are struggling uh, just like you and support each other through because it is a long journey and it's not linear at all and it's always it's always worth reaching out even if you don't have uh, a specific goal in mind right it's not like I'm gonna wait until I'm ready to quit before I reach out like the, there's nothing wrong with reaching having a chat with these people to start with and having a bit of a conversation, just establishing sort of where you're at with the whole thing. So yeah, yeah I would say don't, don't wait until you feel ready to, to con- just, just reach out, have a chat with someone. They're always really nice people on the other end of these lines for good reason. Yeah, a lot of so. similar things too, but even if you don't feel comfortable um, chatting to someone, there's a lot of, there's um uh, online chats that you can use too that I can link and even information sites so if you just don't feel like you know taking that step to reaching out to someone at least you have information to read and so you just know um what's out there yep yeah good all right we'll add we'll add all that in so a little a little bit different today to our our normal sort of uh sport and performance and and uh what do we so sort of informal relaxed yeah. kind of way of doing things we went a little bit a little bit heavier today so i hope it wasn't too heavy for for people but hopefully still informative nonetheless have, definitely for um next week we can go into how 
uh, certain substances affect performance, especially for athletes, I guess, who are injured uh, and have to take uh, prescription uh, drugs Ooh, yeah. you know, to heal their injury. Yep. Um, also, I guess, doping. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little controversial topic. Yep. Happy with that one. <laughs> yep. so we can next week we can tie into how uh, substances affect performance in those ways. Oh yeah. How highly addictive it can be sometimes, especially with injuries and uh, retirement. I'm also gonna I'm gonna bring caffeine into that too because I love yeah. talking about how caffeine is used in performance. So mm-hmm. shut me up next week if I'm talking too much, right? <laughs> Well, I'll get my coffee ready because... Okay, uh... all right, cool. We'll do that, yeah. As we sip coffee and talk about the effects of caffeine, we'll do this, yeah. There's also great benefits to it too, so... Yeah, yeah. It's not all all bad. It's not all doom and gloom. (laughs) Despite despite some of what we talked about today, the world is not all doom and gloom. It's, yeah. Yeah, I know. I feel like you need that. There needs to be a couple of serious episodes here and there. Informative, you know? Where are we at? Six, seven. We go about six to one ratio. That's that's right. Yeah. Well, five, five or six fun ones, and then one serious one, and we'll do it that way. Well, I hope everyone has a lovely day. And Likewise. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks, crew. Yeah. See you later. Peace out.